Hello, wonderful folks. Welcome to Earth Within. I'm Sophie French, a wild creative, cyclical being and mother nature lover. This podcast is about earthing your energy within and resourcing you back to self in order to live a slower, soulful and sustainable life. Alongside my beautiful guests, we'll be sharing how you can connect to the cyclical rhythms of life, creativity and business. Thank you so much for being here. Let's begin. Hello and welcome, beautiful Hannah from The Wellbeing Body. Oh, I'm so happy for you to be here on the podcast and I can't wait for everybody to get to know you and your beautiful work that you share around cyclical living and well-being. And so I'd love if you could introduce yourself and perhaps tell us a little bit about your story and how you are greeting us today. Hi. Oh my God. Thank you so much for inviting me to join. I, it's just such an honor to be with you today. I'm Hannah and um, I guess I am the creator of The Wellbeing Body, um, which is my um, holistic health coaching services and kind of online platform where I share about, um, you know, menstrual health, hormonal health and just holistic health in general, which I'm really, really passionate about. Um, and I've been sharing about that since last year. And I am currently based in Manchester in the UK. And yeah, just currently, you know, doing my health coaching and sharing about all things holistic health and, you know, connecting with wonderful people like you. And yeah, just sharing that, that message with, with my community of people. Oh, such a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much for sharing. And so my next question is, and a good place to start would be for those that are curious or perhaps would like to deepen their knowledge, would you like to go into a little bit about the menstrual cycle, your perspective on the menstrual cycle? Yeah, oh, I'd love to. Okay, so I think there's this kind of misconception when people say the menstrual cycle, they just assume that is just the period when you are bleeding. Um, it's not the menstrual cycle, is you know the cycle of around 28 days, give or take. Obviously, each menstrual cycle is really unique and different. You know, the amount of days that is really changes and fluctuates with each month to month cycle. Um, so there are four phases generally to the menstrual cycle. And um, they include the menstrual phase, the follicular phase, the ovulation phase, and the luteal phase. So your menstrual phase is from day one of your cycle, and it is the period of bleeding that you will have, you know, known as our periods. And yeah, it's the time of bleeding, releasing, and shedding the, you know, endometrium lining. And yeah, that occurs monthly obviously that, you know, really does change from person to person, depending on the health of the cycle. Uh, we then have the follicular phase, which is the second phase of the cycle. And it is known as our spring phase. Oh, I forgot to mention this. So the menstrual phase is our winter phase. And then we go, so it's kind of like the menstrual cycle works through the seasons and it really does reflect the seasons, which I'm really fascinated by personally because I feel like our bodies are a reflection of the natural world around us, which I've always found 
Yeah, yeah. It's just really empowering and really grounding as well to have that kind of um, deep connection with the earth and with the seasons. Um, anyway, so the follicular phase is our spring phase. And this is when we experience a rise in our hormonal levels. So we have start to experience a rise in our estrogen levels as we head into our ovulation phase, which is the peak phase of our cycle. So this is when all of our hormones in our body are at their peak. It is when we're most fertile. You know, it's when we have the most testosterone. So we do feel, um, you know, the desire to have sex and to procreate during this time. And then after our ovulation phase, we start moving and transitioning into our luteal phase, which is the autumn phase of the cycle. Um, so you will experience kind of a lowering in energy levels as our hormones are starting to drop and progesterone is starting to rise in the body, preparing the endometrium lining to thicken and then be released. So yeah, there is a real flow to the cycle. Um, I hope I said everything about that that I wanted to say. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of shifts that happen within that period. A lot of shifts, a lot of emotional shifts, a lot of um, physical shifts that are experienced in the body, which I think is really, really important because I think that, you know, we're taught that we need to be constant throughout our whole cycle. You know, we need to have constant energy levels. We need to be the same emotionally, you know, and that's just not the case for menstruating folks. You know, um, we, we change and we fluctuate and the changing in our hormones really, really impacts our emotional landscape and how we interact with the world. You know, during our menstrual phase, we feel a lot more introverted and wanting to go inward and resting and, you know, allowing our body to really process that, that shedding of the lining. Whereas, you know, during our summer phase and our ovulation phase, we have a lot more energy, we feel more sociable, we feel more um, radiant and glowing and, you know, things in life don't feel as kind of heavy on us. And I think it's really important to understand and bear witness to that distinction and to the, and just hold, yeah, hold compassion for the, for the changes of our inner world and how that reflects into our outer world. So beautifully summarized. Thank you so much. I love the way that you took us through the cycle, the menstrual cycle, scientifically, energetically. And it's so important to notice um, those shifts that are occurring in our own bodies. Um, the people that do have wombs that um, shift and don't always have to be the same. And we're rebelling against that linear trajectory that is prescribed to us um, in society from a young age. And so um, before we go any further, I would love to hear more about your personal journey, if you would feel to um, share it with us um, about how you came to be a menstrual health coach and um, perhaps, yeah, that inner journey of becoming more aware of your menstrual cycle and how that's perhaps changed your life. <laughs> mm. yeah I'd love to thank you so um I guess I never knew that I was really passionate about this kind of stuff until I guess it all kind of went wrong um I guess that's the case for a lot of people I was on the pill for god maybe like six years six years maybe yeah six years and that's a really really long time to be on um something that really, really does influence 
and change your body. You know, when you're on the pill, you're actually not ever experiencing a real bleed. It's a withdrawal bleed. Um, so when I decided to come off the pill, it was a big shock to the system. I experienced extremely low moods and, you know, irregular cycles and yeah, just felt really, really out of balance and disconnected from my body. And I hadn't realized that whole time that what I was experiencing wasn't even my real period. It was, it was fake. Basically it wasn't, it wasn't my body actually releasing what it needed to release. And that kind of scared me a little bit that I was so out of touch with what was natural to me because I'd always been someone that was very passionate about, you know, natural living and holistic living and really taking care of my body. Yet I was still um, so disconnected from this part of myself. And, you know, even growing up, there was a lot of shame surrounding, you know, menstruation and bleeding for me. It was something that, um, yeah, it just, it was something that almost made me feel kind of awkward to talk about. It was, you know, something that I kind of, I didn't want people to know about when I was bleeding. It was like, oh, like, it's just something we don't talk about. And then I realized, you know, when I came off the pill and I was diving more into learning about my body and how to support my, my menstrual health and my hormonal health, I realized, wow, energetically and emotionally, I'm still so disconnected because there is so much shame that surrounds it for me. So I was really, you know, kind of like unpacking all of that and looking into, you know, where did that shame stem from? You know, what beliefs do I have around my body and around this part of myself that are, that are really holding me back from stepping into really healing and owning my body and understanding my body? So, yeah, it was kind of just like peeling back all these layers of kind of um, beliefs and, yeah, I guess you could say even like low self-worth. It was a lot of... Um, kind of coming to understand that and, you know, really build myself back up again in that way. And then, yeah, I don't know, I guess I was doing my, my health coaching training. And at the time I was kind of, you know, I was very passionate about food and nutrition and as along with my um, kind of struggles with coming off the pill, I also struggled a lot with um, just, yeah, my gut health and with just really not feeding my body the right foods for many, many years and just feeling really ill all the time and so that kind of led into my journey of using food as my way of healing my body and yeah I was kind of just you know navigating what I was really passionate about and then what stood out for me was looking at food and holistic health and lifestyle as a way to bring balance back to the body and specifically you know the menstrual cycle hormonal health and just yeah bringing bringing peace and ease back into the body um, for anyone that is experiencing that it, the imbalances that you know seem to be a part of a lot of people's everyday life I hope that makes sense <laughs> mm, thank you for sharing um, your story with us and I think hearing you say at the end like you've invited peace and ease into your body I think that is just like goosebumps like mm. tingling <laughs> and I think this is what it is possible and when we begin to look within and heal ourselves through our different bodies you know energetic spiritual um health you know physical then when they all interconnect there's this beautiful magical recipe that we can live our lives daily and I think um touching on recipes there you share such incredible 
wonderful posts and reels and information um, through your community of ways you can support your menstrual cycle with food. And Mm. I really would love you to open up that conversation with us and let us know um, those beautiful golden nuggets of wisdom that you might know and how do how does food and the menstrual cycle connect because it's something Mm. that I haven't um, explored in too much depth I love to eat nourishing warm foods in in my like in a winter I find that really supportive for my um, just my body it just feels really lovely and nice and I feel I know I shift across my cycle with um, what I eat and how I feel in my body. So I, I suppose, obviously, the food is fueling your body. And so um, from your health coaching perspective, um, how have you seen these two worlds um, Yeah, connect? I, I would love um, to know more about that. Yeah. So I guess just through what I've studied and um, just my own personal experiences, I realized that the food we eat has such an impact on our body. And, you know, food is so intricately intertwined with our bodies and they assimilate so well together, especially, I mean, specifically, I'm talking about, you know, really whole foods, natural foods, um, organic foods. And um, when you can understand that the food you eat directly impacts the health of the body, um, honestly, that that really just blew my mind and it completely shifted my health for me. And specifically in terms of eating for your cycle and the different phases of your cycle, this was something that was, yeah, really mind-blowing for me. And um, yeah, so like the different qualities of food, the different nutritional qualities, you know, minerals, vitamins have different impacts on different parts of the cycle and on the body. And if we can utilize that understanding and combine that with, you know, living in accordance with our cycle, then you can really use food to support and to nourish the body and to nourish the cycle and each phase that it's in. Um, So like you were saying, you know, you really, you know, your intuition tells you that when you're, you're bleeding, that you're having like really warming like soups and nourishing food, whole foods is really, really nurturing for your body it feels good and there's a reason for that it's because everything is working in unison and in symbiosis with one another to create that like I said that feeling of and that ease within the body and that balance within the body because ultimately your body is always striving for balance and it's always striving for harmony and it's when we really take the time to listen to how certain foods feel in our body and react to our body that's how we can start making steps to create that balance and that harmony. So, you know, when you are bleeding, you know, really nourishing whole foods, like soups that are warming to the body are really, really beneficial, you know, eating things like beetroots and berries, which really support um, filling the blood and like nourishing the blood, you know, because obviously we're, we're losing a lot of blood during this time, you know, having foods that are high in iron. Once again, because we are losing blood, you want to be building up the iron in your body so you know you can be supporting that if you know if you choose to eat you know meats eating organ meats and red meats that are obviously organic and um you know sustainable you know where possible um if you're plant-based like i said having you know your beetroot and your berries and lots of like legumes and beans and whole grains and you know lots of your dark leafy greens as well like your kale and your spinach 
are all really, really nourishing for the body during this time. Um, and yeah, it's just about really listening to the body. I think that's so important. And I think it can be really easy to, you know, um, to ignore what the body's telling us. And I used to do that a lot. I'd eat foods and I'd immediately afterwards be feeling, you know, bloated and sick and just totally out of balance. And I'd be like, oh, it's fine. You know, it's just the way it is. Um, and it wasn't until I actually listened to my body. I was like, actually, it's not okay to feel this way. That's when I started making the conscious steps to really pay attention to how food made me feel. And specifically, you know, during the different phases of my cycle, you know, when I'm you know, at that peak ovulation phase, I want to be eating lighter foods because I'm in that summer phase, you know, more sauteed veggies, you know, um, more kind of like quinoa and like lighter salads, because like I said, it's almost like you're eating seasonally as well. It's like you're, you're moving through the seasons within your cycles. So in that summer phase, you want more lighter foods because you feel more energized and you want things that digest easily and you know, whereas in the winter phase, when you're bleeding, you want more nourishing foods, something that's kind of more hearty, um, more like you're eating during that winter season of your life, you know? Um, so yeah, food is really powerful. And I'm always blown away by how um, just by changing what we eat, we can really, really bring so much balance and joy back into into the body. Mm. Yeah, I love what you noted about the body is always striving for balance. And then mm. I think once you tap into that awareness, you're just supporting your body in the way that is going to support you back because, you know, we are part, like we're not separate from our body. We're not separate from our health. Our health isn't something outside of us or external. And often we will place that responsibility externally perhaps or like you said, when eating um, foods that might not feel good, and I've done the same too, and you just instantly feel like, oh, maybe that wasn't <laughs> the best mm. idea. <laughs> um, but, you know, like forgiveness too and allowing that to be what it was and then taking ownership of your of your health being in your own um, hands, if you know, mm. and, and, and being empowered. And I really love that the body is always striving for balance and then, you know, we're just supporting that um, through food and, and food as medicine and beautiful how you've connected the seasons and then eating for the seasons. And that makes it really easy for people to um, connect to because what you feel like eating in, I mean, winter and summer are probably the easiest to begin with. So that could be like a great starting point for mm -hmm. somebody um, even knowing where they are in their cycle, you know, compared so day one, you're in your inner winter compared to day 14, you're in your inner summer for some people mm -hmm. or around that um, lighter time, um, those two polarities and those two op opposing seasons um, could be an amazing place to start uh, to, to really introduce different foods that perhaps you wouldn't or just be aware of what, what foods you are eating and how that is supporting that balance within the body and then the balance of the womb um, and that cycle and that that's going to change and ebb and flow and just experiment. So it's just, so inspiring I really love that it's another holistic way we can support ourselves because through my own journey as well with um, painful periods and feeling very helpless and, and you know almost being turned away from doctors we don't know why you have hormonal migraines or you know we're not sure why you have such painful periods and you know continue to take the pill and that's all fine 
but then finding another way to be empowered and to to shift that again like that control back in a way um for your own body is just so so wonderful so thank you for sharing all this with us um it's just so so great I um and there's obviously loads of resources you share um through Instagram so highly recommend uh people listening to pop over there and and see and save um so so great so as we're talking about health I'd love to drift into womb health Mm. and um specifically go into this um this part of our body that we are um that is the create that this creative portal this sacred portal of um of life and of death and of the cycles and I feel like that is mimicking nature always you know we are nature but um yeah really reflecting the seasons and it's just so wonderful and obviously this lights me up so much training as a menstrual health coach as well Mm. so um let's go into what contributes to a healthy womb and a healthy womb space like could you thread some um yeah, some sort of theme to that. Yeah, definitely. So there are two things that I really want to say. And the first thing would be definitely, and I know for maybe some people, this might seem a kind of a bit more um, kind of like out there, you know, the people say like, woo-woo, it's a bit out there. Um, but it is really looking at the emotional aspect uh, and the emotional um I guess the emotional traumas I can even say that we attach to that part of the body and this was something that I never used to consider when I was looking into kind of really bringing balance back to this area of my health and um, you know like I was saying earlier there was a lot of kind of emotional um, attachment that I had to that area of my body and you know experiences and things that hadn't been cleared that um, I had to move through and I think a lot of womb health and um, caring for our womb really does come to understanding the emotions and the emotional attachments we have to that part of ourselves, you know, whether that be through, you know, whether it's, you know, we've neglected this part of ourselves, or we feel shameful about this part of ourselves, or we've had experiences which have, you know, created a lot of trauma for us um, in that area of our body. And I think it is really important to work through that and to really understand that that is a part of womb health is the emotional aspect of things. And, you know, I always recommend, you know, speaking to counselors or therapists and trained professionals when it comes to the, you know, working through emotional trauma that may be connected to this part of your body. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of women who have maybe experienced things like miscarriages, ectopic pregnancies, you know, even things like, you know, sexual abuse, it's, it gets stored in that area and um, we can attach a lot of emotions to that part of our body. So I think that's a really important thing to look into and, you know, know that um, you are not alone in that kind of, in those feelings. And there are people out there who understand and are there for you. And there are, you know, like I said, trained professionals who can really help you work through those kind of feelings and those emotions and to really clear anything that is, maybe causing stagnancy in the body and, you know, painful periods and things are really deeply connected, not only to physical imbalances, but emotional imbalances too. And I really do believe that. Um, So that would be the the first thing. And then secondly, I would say in terms of a big, big thing in terms of keeping 
the womb healthy would be looking at, um, you know, toxic products and things like tampons, which, you know, are very widely used, however, cause a lot of stagnancy in the body. Um, the nature of bleeding and menstrual bleeding is that it is that downward motion. It needs to move down and out to be cleared. You know, it's naturally clearing. It naturally, um, you know, eliminates any toxicities from the body if it is given the chance to. However, when we use a tampon, we plug that and then it stops the natural flow of bleeding. And that's what can lead to stagnant blood and old blood staying within our womb space, you know, which is often identified through very, very dark blood clots, um, which almost look black or brown. That's a sign of stagnant blood, which is being kept in the womb space. So transitioning from things like tampons, which also have a lot of chemicals in them, to things, you know, like um, the period underwear that you can get are really, really good. Um, if that's not really something that's affordable or works for you, you know, transitioning even to just pads or if possible, really nice organic pads um, just allows for the, the free moving of blood out of the body. And you will notice a big difference. I noticed a big difference when I transitioned from using tampons to just using organic pads. I was like, wow, <laughs> like, I was really creating a lot of stagnancy in the body and a lot of toxicity. So that would be, yeah, another, another main thing for me. And then also, you know, not using any kind of um, like um, washing stuff down there, you know, it's really, you know, you don't want to Im create imbalances in your pH, you know, the, the womb and the vagina is, is naturally, you know, um, cleansing and it kind of keeps itself in order if you let it. So um, yeah, not using anything down there that's gonna create any, any pH imbalances is really important as well, yeah. Mm. Such incredible wisdom there that is so easily digestible. I really love the way you communicate it. It's so um, like, ah, oh, you know, you hear me, you see me and I just, yeah, I really honor yeah. the, um, this that you're sharing I I agree I felt the same when I transitioned from tampons to pads at first and I couldn't believe the difference especially mm. in reduction of my cramps I was blown away I mean and that was over five years ago six years ago and um, that almost was around the start of my journey of like hmm, I wonder what life could be like without a painful period <laughs> like let's experiment mm. And so um, one of those things, yeah, I did start to experiment. And at first people feel like because of this stigma and the historical um, shadow around, around periods, it's like it feels dirty at first or it feels like it's something you shouldn't do and everything needs to be kept inside and all like, you know, we're not bleeding, it's all right. But mm. um, it's really not as bad just for if anyone's thinking about even giving it a go I would try just to experiment potentially if you have days off or days at home um, and then continue on and I now love my period undies they are like the most comfortable <laughs> undies mm. of my of my whole drawer my whole undies drawer I love wearing them and um, and so there's some great affordable options that are coming out um, now too as well so such a great point um and it really has made a difference to me and, and and to you as well so I think um definitely worth noting there um as well with the emotional 
imbalances that you can experience and um, how that can then lead to physical manifestations and, um, you know, of, of pain or of discomfort and knowing that to move through those um, some grief or some, I think as well, even if it's not related to um, specifically that area of the body, but um, going through things like if your parents are separated, that's something that I, mm. I have been through and, and that grief can be very, I find periods and grief, the emotion very like intertwined Mm. and um it's very interesting like working through that and knowing that there's these deep dark places of you and then once you start illuminating them and shining light by acknowledging them they're not as scary or like they don't have to be bad emotions they just are what they are Mm. and it's okay and accepting those and like you said visiting trained professionals online or in person that can help you move through those emotions um again I personally have seen incredible like transformations through emotional release um some people call it shadow work you can call it different different things but um such an amazing point to highlight so um Mm. I know with you offering one-to-one um sessions with with women is that something that you have um work through or or people with wombs like you know have you gone through that emotional imbalances or shifting of things that Mm. come up there yeah definitely you know I I always ask my clients you know what is your what is your story with menstruation you know what is your story with your womb and with honoring it and a lot of a lot of women come forward and say you know I've not had a healthy relationship with my womb I've got you know there have been, you know, certain experiences or beliefs or, you know, conditioning from a young age that, you know, it's something that I've wanted to neglect or they've wanted to neglect and they've wanted to um, pretend like it's, you know, something that doesn't really exist and they don't want to honor it because there is all that shame that surrounds it. And we, we do, we work through that. We work through, you know, where that comes from and how to move through it and how to see, menstruation and just even just caring for the body in a new light in a compassionate and um loving light you know and um I always say that you know it's actually so fascinating and interesting to actually get to know your body on a really deep and intimate level even just beyond the physical and understanding you know how your menstrual cycle works but looking into kind of what are the beliefs that you attach to, you know, this part of your body and what are the beliefs that you have around, you know, honoring and caring for your body. And I know for a lot of women, there's a lot of, um, you know, kind of self-loathing and um, just of the body and not feeling enough and not feeling worthy enough of caring for it because for so long they felt so neglected and so unloved within themselves that, you know, taking those steps to really, to honor themselves it is a, it is a big step for them so yeah it's definitely something that we touch on and we work through and I try and hold space for them as much as possible and obviously if there's something a lot more kind of you know serious and something that I don't think that I can um you know support them with I will then pass them on to you know someone with more of that kind of experience in that area um mm. but yeah it is something we've looked I've, that I've experienced and we've looked into with clients and stuff I love um surrounding yourself with that loving light and getting to know your own body and and that 
can be challenging, it can be confronting, it, but beginning to look at your menstrual cycle or if, um, you know, there's people that already are, then going deeper and deeper into that. It's this lifelong journey and adventure really with, with um, meeting yourself constantly in, from a place of love, of reverence, um, illuminating that term honouring. We're beginning to honour. I know for me it's funny I, I keep saying beginning, but I really am into the journey now of continuing to honor my body and womb space. And I think that is just such a kind invitation um, for everybody listening to just continue to meet yourself, you know, with, with that love, with compassion, with care. Like, how can I care for myself more? How can I, and you know, they're unanswerable questions sometimes and that's okay but just to begin to ask them is such a key point it's such a pivotal mm-hmm. point I think um and there's sometimes triggers for that like you said along along um along your journey health journey wise or or otherwise um there can be triggers of like whoa I think I need to do something about this or I think this pain is too much or I, uh, that doesn't make me feel good but um, no matter where you are, there's, like you say, there's always somebody there to support you. You're never alone. Um, and there's such a plethora and, of resources and people that are so um, such advocates for menstrual health like yourself. And I just mm. love that. I love that you have recently spoken about hormonal allies. I, lo- I love that term allies and how we can yeah. find in that in our everyday like allies for for ourselves and um it's just another way we can nourish ourselves and and so I invite you to to expand on that a little bit more like what are hormonal allies tell us more Hannah (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah well that is really funny that you say that because I I did make that that post and I didn't really think about the word allies but it does it really does fit and it does work um so yeah I guess the hormonal your hormonal allies are the things in your life that really support your hormones and like I said before you know really bring balance and harmony back into the body because when our hormones are balanced we feel balanced you know it is that deep deep connection between the body the mind and the spirit so um for me one of the main things that really support our hormonal health. And I'm looking at this from a very holistic standpoint um, and looking at really supporting your hormones holistically from the beginning of your journey, um, wherever you are, is really supporting your body with whole nourishing foods. So, you know, legumes and beans and, you know, your fruit and vegetables and your whole grains and your complex carbohydrates and your protein, lots of healthy fats, um are all when you know used in unison brings so much balance to the hormones in the body you know by flushing out excess estrogen from the body which is a big cause of things you know such as irregular periods pcos endometriosis um fibroids all of that kind of stuff that is attached with imbalanced hormones um and then it also helps with you know bringing stability back to Uh, blood sugar levels which is a really really huge cause of imbalance within the body Um, you know when for example we get up in the morning and if you just have a coffee and then go to work is 
a really, really big stressor on the body and really pumps out a lot of cortisol and brings instability to blood sugar levels, which, you know, therefore has an even more bigger impact on the balance between, you know, our sex hormones and then our stress hormones. So yeah, making sure that you're eating regularly and that it's really, really nourishing and um, really, you know, supports your overall health and well-being. So for me, I like to incorporate, you know, healthy fats with pretty much every meal that I have, you know, lots of avocado, lots of olive oil, you know, nuts and seeds. Um, I just like to say as well that I am plant-based. I don't eat meat. Um, however, there are really, really good ways of incorporating meat into your diet that brings that support as well. Um, but just from my personal experience, you know, making sure that I'm having, like I said, you know, proteins, healthy fats, whole grains, um, specifically as well, actually having um, complex carbohydrates during your luteal phase to really bring that balance to the blood sugars and then reducing salt intake um, because during that time, our body can retain salt and therefore retains water, which can lead to bloating. Um, so yeah, that's just another little quick tip <laughs> for that. Um, you know, and then also another hormonal ally would be incorporating, you know, mindfulness practices and really reducing stress as much as possible. Um, you know, there's, you know, so many studies on the impact of stress on our menstrual cycle and our hormones and really trying to implement a daily practice which can ground you and try and reduce stress as much as possible is really, really beneficial. So obviously, mm -hmm. you know, eating whole foods and, you know, trying to have not many or little to none inflammatory foods in your diet will help reduce that kind of physical stress in the body. But then incorporating, you know, like a meditation practice, daily movement, um, a journaling practice, um, you know, whatever it is that brings you that sense of, of grounding and peace, um, that lowers stress in your body is really, really important. I know for me personally, um, going on a walk in nature is really, really, really beneficial for reducing stress for me. You know, I just find what works for you um, is really, really important in, yeah, bringing balance back into the body. And the final thing would be to just make sure you're always listening to your body in any given moment that you can. Um, so really, really paying attention and slowing down and really listening to what your body is telling you in every moment has been really, really beneficial in my experience. And I find that something that really helps me is putting a notification on my phone three times a day that reminds me to just drop into my body and ask it, how am I feeling in this moment? How does my body feel when I do this, when I eat this? And um, yeah, just paying attention. You know, if you're noticing that, you know, not having breakfast and then drinking coffee is creating a feeling of um, imbalance in your body and anxiety, maybe question that and ask, is this actually really beneficial for me? Um, just bringing that daily awareness and um, just presence to the body is where you will start to notice the shifts and actually take action to support your body in a way that feels really good for you. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, such wonderful bite-sized tips, I feel, um, that are really great for different areas of life. So, yeah, like spirituality and slowing down and, and engaging in meditation, I think is something that 
um, or whatever works for that for um, someone. But like you say, slowing down, that could just be taking a few extra breaths before you get in the shower or um, just like stretching out on the bed for a little bit. You know, it can look like meditation looks a different way to different people, but um, bringing that holistic thread of, of spirituality and tending to spirit and soul and things that like light your soul up, um, like you said, walking in nature, and then combine that with the physical um, is just such a great way to look at things holistically. I mean, this is what, why we're here. We're looking to support um, our menstrual health holistically. And it's just what you um, are so passionate about and, and speak to so inspiringly. So um, I just feel so, yeah, empowered to listen to my body and really think, it is going to communicate to me. And I'm when you mentioned about the luteal phase, so before um, your period will begin and after you've ovulated in that area, I, can, I remember, um, yeah, most cycles there's that like slight bloating sometimes or like it feels like the womb is just like <laughs> getting bigger and full of like blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, depending on which foods and sometimes like pasta or like really heavy dishes and I'm, I'm thinking maybe that's the high salt content then. Um, mm. and so I'll definitely look, look to that and, and yeah, it just feels like another way to, yeah, dive into, to supporting myself holistically. And I think this, a lot of people will take away, um, yeah, such fascinating experimental tips. And so it's just like, go at your own pace, you know, you can slow down, you can just incorporate one thing. And I think, um, maybe if we, close or begin to close with what is cycle thinking and how does that look with Mm. your everyday life and I know for me like tracking when my menstrual cycle is um I mean the days of the cycle and then I can see where I'm at like I use um an app at the moment called clue and that I find very beneficial and so I wonder if you can speak to as one of the last questions that will move through um cycle thinking and, and mm. what that means and, and how to invite people to, yeah, cycle think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so cycle thinking is something that I was introduced through to through Elise, Elise, Elisa Vitti. I think that's how you say her name. Um, she is the um, amazing woman who wrote um, Woman Code. And I believe the other book is Flow. Um, she is also um, a health coach that's gone on to create this amazing, amazing resource and business for women, educating them on hormonal health and menstrual cycle health. Um, anyway, so she kind of coined the term cycle syncing, which is where you align the different phases of your cycle um, with your life, basically. So um, that can look like, you know, during your menstrual phase, because you're bleeding, you have lower energy levels, you, you know, kind of feel the need to retreat and less socializing, and really turning to kind of less exercising or very, very low impact exercise. So things like yoga, um, stretching, walking. And that is kind of what cycle syncing is, it is looking at the phase of your cycle and how you can sync other parts of your life to be in accordance with where you're at in your cycle, which actually brings so much more kind of balance and flow to the body. Because I feel like for a lot of people, um, we're constantly kind of, you know, working against our cycle and trying to dictate 
our cycle around our life, but um, that doesn't always, you know, bring the best results because, um, you know, if we are feeling low energy, we can't force ourselves to feel energized. And if we don't feel like socializing, we can't force ourselves to socialize, you know, it'll never feel good. Um, so cycle syncing for me is really about giving yourself the space to honor yourself and your body and to just, yeah, live in harmony with the changes of the seasons that are constantly happening from each cycle to cycle within your body. Um, mm. So I've kind of touched on the menstrual phase. So during the follicular phase, because you can feel, you know, that, that increase in energy in your body as your hormones are increasing, this is kind of the time to be planting seeds of new ideas. You know, you're kind of dipping your toes in the water of going out and interacting with people more. You can start incorporating more exercise and movement into your days, you know, whether that be more kind of like Pilates, more, you know, fast paced yoga. Um, and then, you know, moving into your summer phase and the peak ovulation phase, as you have more energy and higher hormones, you do have that energy for things like going out, socializing. So that could be maybe setting like really important work meetings during that phase of your cycle, if you can, um, doing more high impact exercise, such as cardio and HIIT classes. It can look like, you know, really going out and putting yourself out there. You know, maybe if you run a business, that would be the perfect time to launch something because you do have that energy to kind of um, see that through. Whereas if you're launching while you're bleeding, it's just, it's just not happening. You know, you don't really feel like putting that energy in there you know and then obviously the luteal phase is I always find that um it's my time of kind of organizing and wanting to put everything in order in preparation for when I go into my menstrual phase so that can be your time of you know organizing your home you know um setting up you know work stuff for after your bleeding time you know looking at kind of slowing down and really dropping into the autumn season in preparation for moving into winter so that's kind of like a very brief um look into cycle syncing yeah I love cycle syncing so much it's changed and transformed my life to feel so much more blissful and easy easy um yet also accepting you know of of the current state of my body of my energy and I think Thank you for illuminating who um, initially coined that term. I often um, receive a lot of teachings and I'm currently training as a menstrual cycle coach with Claire Baker and she um, posts about her which day of her cycle she's on and saves it to a highlight on Instagram. Um, and that is really another way to, to tune in um, once you're beginning to become familiar with the days and the seasons that, wow, I do change so much and then honouring that and... Um, yeah, it's just so invigorating, I think, really getting to know yourself again. Like this is such a beautiful golden thread from this episode of like getting to know yourself um, is empowering and a journey of discovery, of experimentation, and then ultimately can invite that inner peace and that, that joy and that ease, um, which can actually exist and coexist with your menstrual cycle you know it's possible and mm. just um really shining that light on, on this area is so important and I, I really 
respect what you do and what you share and how you work with um, people who have wombs, people who bleed, um, and just allowing that magic to bubble up because we are just beautiful, magical, cyclical beings and, and we can live our a life in, in a way that is um, adventurous. You know, we don't have to take it too seriously all the time. And then there's moments where it's like, oh, I just want to be in bed, you know, and then also knowing that and, and you know, very much like want to, to note that you are the leader of your own body you are in the driver's seat of your menstrual cycle like you know your body most like if you also don't feel like socializing in your inner summer around ovulation when you know in inverted commas should that's totally okay like you just keep a note of that um just Mm -hmm. inviting body sovereignty and that um you know it doesn't have to look like everybody else there's this beautiful you know guide that can help us through this um cycle thinking um and um most of all I think it is actually raising the menstrual cycle to not be a burden but to actually be a part a beautiful part of life and Mm. yeah not trying to push the schedule to fit um yeah or the menstrual cycle to push that and and be annoyed at that because there was a lot of that for me like oh period why why are you arriving? Or like, I would just um, instead actually, mm, how can I change and adjust my life around? And so that's so empowering. I was going to ask um, just um, as, a, as a last question, if there's one way that um, is your favorite way at the moment to support your menstrual cycle holistically, it might be hard for you to choose one way. Mm. So definitely share anything that is really um comes to mind that first comes to mind for you um personally at the moment okay so I'm going to say two just because I can't pick one um so the first one would be food and just really really nourishing your body with beautiful whole foods you know and really take pleasure in enjoying the process of cooking something that's going to nourish your body honestly when you change that perspective from just cooking for the sake of eating to cooking for nourishment and for healing it cooking becomes such a more pleasurable and joyful experience um so yeah really just have fun in the kitchen and making really really amazing food for yourself that's going to support you and secondly it would be to actually rest and really really allow yourself to rest um for me it was always something that I never allowed myself to do and I knew that I needed to rest during the time of my bleed and I never would allow myself and honestly now that I give myself the time to really rest and slow down I've noticed so much more kind of balance within my body because the time of your bleeding is really it is your time of building those reserves back up again in time for going into the kind of the more energized periods of the rest of your cycle So yeah, really um, just allow yourself to rest, show yourself compassion. Um, You know, it can be really, really hard to actually slow down. Um, You know, we're constantly being bombarded with productivity and, you know, reaching your goals and, you know, hustling. We're very much in that hustle culture. And I think um, it really does miss the point of the beauty and um, the 
the wisdom that really does come with taking the time to slow down because you can hear so much more and you can bear witness to so much more that's taking place within your body and within just your inner world as well. So those would be my two takeaways. Yeah. Such wise parting words. Thank you, my thank love. You. They're just wonderful. And um, thank you for all that you've shared. It's been truly inspiring um, for me and I'm sure for the listeners. And so I'm sure there's going to be people that are so curious to get to know you more mm. and get to know your work. So if you can, please let us know how, um, yeah, everyone can connect with you. Um, where is that best to? And um, yeah. Yeah. So um, you can connect with me on Instagram. That's probably the most personal place where I share and I share a lot of information on food and kind of all this, all this stuff we've been talking about. So you can find me at um, the wellbeing body, one word, and then two underscores. Um, that's my Instagram handle. And then I have a website, which is just um, the wellbeingbody.com or one word. And yeah, you can um, connect to work with me through my website and um, I share a lot of blog posts on um, yeah how to support your cycle and your body holistically and yeah mm -hmm. those are the two ways you can work with me right now I have you know offerings that are always kind of in the works in the background but um, for now that's how you can connect and work with me. Thank you so so much I am so grateful this conversation has just been so wonderful and really illuminated such a gentle compassionate way of being with your body and for you representing your business as the well-being body that truly has just shone through so bright mm -hmm. um thank you Hannah for everything that you, you um share it's really such magic and it's so needed in this world right let's get back to the cyclical nature of self and um hop off the this linear um bandwagon right like we're just together mm. in this <laughs> yeah definitely oh thank you so much it's been really really yeah just so much fun chatting with you as always thank you so much for joining me today if you've loved this episode maybe you could share it with a loved one you think may resonate or enjoy it or tag me on instagram or send me a dm i'd love to hear from you if you can take a minute to rate and review this podcast it can reach more ears and hearts around the world. Okay, until next time, all links from today's episode are in the show notes. Be well and remember to take moments to earth your energy within.